0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Hello, and with me, Cam Ruslan, today, we have the returns of, he is, uh, he's the, the Bob Dylan of Bungie, musician and educator. He is Asmir Yunor. Hello. Hello. Oh, it's, uh, such, <laughs> such a buildup and that's all you can give us. Go. Okay. It's
2: a rock and roll answer. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. And he is, and I, I always forget to ask what he is because I just know him as, I've known him for years, but he's also the go-to person for tech on BFM, uh, Matt Armitage. You're a consultant, isn't it? I'm a consultant, but let's just call me uh, a futurist
2: there. I've managed more and, words uh, than Asmil managed.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Asmil, I'm, I'm ashamed of you. So uh, our three topics this week, our topic number one is all-consuming passions that turn out to be completely secret. Uh, topic number two is uh, music videos with subtitles. And finally, topic number three is, Matt, I don't even know how to... What is... Hardware versus software. The things
2: that we have traded off for digital versions and the things that we want to keep
1: physical. Okay. As a and Ink person, I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. So uh, start with passions that turn out to be completely secret. So I am, guys, I am a huge fan of the Beatles. I'm absolutely obsessed with the Beatles, especially with... Peter Jackson's documentary Get Back came out a few months back. And it it just reignited. And um in, in amongst this, I discovered that there are a whole slew of podcasts done by Beatles fans, very knowledgeable Beatles fans, um, and there are discussions, etc. So many of these podcasts, they talk about the Beatles, and I listen to them voraciously. And as I was listening, I realized that despite the fact that I've been consumed by the Beatles for decades, I realized I have never spoken to anybody about anything to do with the Beatles. The same would be true with me, say, with military history. I read a lot of military history. I have never spoken to anybody about the Battle of Koniggrutz in 1866, about which I have opinions, and I've never spoken to anybody. And it uh, in listening to the podcast, I suddenly felt kind of a sense of community, and it's like, yeah, I think that too. But I, it kind of suddenly struck me as strange and a bit disquieting that something that's so important to me, I've never expressed to anybody, and have therefore, has, uh, am I ever me with anybody? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, do you? Either of you? Am I? Am I crazy? Either of you have these all-consuming passions that? Uh, You've never
0: actually expressed,
1: Asmil, Mister Rock and Roll.
0: I think everybody does, to a certain extent. Um, But I mean, now you told us, it's no more secret. But you're always been a music fan, so I always it's not it's not like uh, I'm shocked. I mean, we know you're a big Bowie fan. Yeah, but but when you see like Beatles, yeah, for me, okay, that's fair. I mean,
1: it's not just that though, Asmil. I mean, it's like for instance, you know, I got views about. The, the way the harmonies are done on the album Rubber Soul and how it's a progression, and what does it say about the relationships of John Lennon and Paul McCartney and George Harrison for that matter? And you know, th- th- deep dives into that.
0: Uh, okay, yeah, I think my, my equivalent with your obsession would be with the band REM. And was, ah. uh, yeah, so I, I suppose it's the similar thing because, but this is going back, I guess, kind of links to what Matt's trying to talk about, um, digital. I know, of I was obsessed with REM in the 90s, right, where CDs are digital, but again, you know, um, you couldn't find information about a band you like. You had to go to read magazines and stuff. So I would actually pour through magazines looking for REM and bookstores looking for the bio and Mm. buy a CD and just really skipping lights, not hearing, just saving money and probably a similar thing like you said, like obsessions about the intricacies, not just the music, right, but also the the entire culture surrounding their obsession. Does that, does that mean all-consuming? Does that? Yeah, all- no, But,
1: yeah, but I mean, I'm just wondering if 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 anybody knew that um, such an important life part of your life was REM It's not anymore, is it? Oh uh,
0: yeah, no, no not, not anymore. Yeah, but it, your it,
1: your family they know you. It's not like suddenly, oh my, when they when, when you pass away, it's like, oh my God, he loved trains, and we had no <laughs> idea where <are> these <laughs> model train sets come from. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: a bit hard to hide, I guess. Yeah, using uh. kind of stuff. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, let me try Matt then. Matt, do you have?
2: I don't think I have anything to the same extent because I'm always looking for things that are new. So maybe my obsession is always looking at things that are new. So I tend not to, you know, i get fixated on something for a while. And then I'm kind of move on to the next thing, and then the next thing, and the next thing. So I don't really have an equivalent
1: to no. But I'm asking: Do you express your 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 thoughts and ideas about these things that you discover, that you want to discover? Do you then explain them to anybody?
2: Not not or particularly. They just sit
1: in your head. Oh. Yeah,
2: I mean, by and large, they sit in my my head because I'm I'm quite a sort of private and solitary person anyway. So a lot of the time, there isn't really anyone to to share those those things with well that's
1: that's the point that i'm getting at so therefore are you are you you with other people (laughs) are they actually really experiencing matt armitage because you've actually hidden away so much of what consumes you in your head
2: no but i don't think any of us ever shows our full person to anyone else we only ever show a kind of construct to towards other people and and most people are kind of social chameleons anyway. They they shape their personality a little bit to the situations that they they find themselves in. So you know, I I, I don't see any kind of dichotomy there.
0: Yeah, I concur. I agree
1: with Matt. Yeah, yeah. No, because Asmir, well, you're 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 Mr. Rock and Roll. You you write lyrics and stuff. <laughs> so you're an open book. You're like you're all out there. so It's like you know. Yeah, that's right. I mean, but that's a
0: good point. You see, as as a songwriter, you know, I'll I'll sing. Things that might be very personal, private to me, that only I know, but I hide it in, in in the songwriting. And you know, I like the fact that yeah, people might like the song, but they don't know what what it's really about. And I like that. I have that to me. I'm not gonna reveal everything to the world. And I think that's probably the source of why I think pop stars are often go cuckoo because they gotta share everything, spread yourself too thin. I think as human beings, you gotta <laughs> keep some things to your close to your chest, right? That's your
1: yeah, but, you know, Asma, you got kids, but they're young kids, right? So yeah. as, do you plan, as they get older, to have them as <laughs> a reliable in-house audience <laughs> for the the thoughts and opinions of Asmil Yunor? Know? You know, sit down, children. I'm going to tell you about capital punishment.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think Bill Blair said it in the stand-up one that, you know, when you spend time with your kids, it's, it's, it's your opportunity to, to disseminate or to preach your ideas about the world. Mm. And I think... I will, of course, why not, Yeah. <laughs> invested in them, <laughs> my kids, uh, so they will be the object of my, my, my ideas. And, and they will know, agree. And they will <laughs> agree until they, maybe they're a teenager and they, they probably take like, man, I don't agree with you. That's fine. Yeah. But I think we do saliently reveal or hint, but I guess in the sense, like, like your concern here is that whether we're really authentic with people. Yeah. yeah.
1: But, but so that, I mean, so uh, privacy, is it privacy? I'm not quite sure. Almost in, uh, enforced privacy of ideas and thoughts and passions is, is part of just being, you don't, mm-hmm. no one ever will
0: know everything. Not
1: maybe because you're boring. I mean, I, mean,
0: <laughs> I mean. It's interesting because when you look at collectivist societies, and uh, necessarily individual kind of like, you know, the East is often seen as a very collectivist society, right? You got to fit in. The West is often seen as you know, very individualistic. I mean, of course, that dichotomy is 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 not 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 concrete. But but you know, over here people tend to pretend who they really are, compared to probably in the West. You know, where people are more, you know, even right. they you don't you never ask a question, but people tell you things anyway. But here, people just probably just keep quiet and hide their deepest passions.
1: Right, right. Uh, not a non-confessional. Yeah,
0: yeah. So don't confess things here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd be impossible to have an Oprah show in Malaysia, <laughs> yeah. and people would go on and say the kind of things that they say. So, Matt, you would say, uh, you you would not be interested in in hearing my opinions one day about about the Austro-Prussian War. And- I no, I absolutely
2: would. I'm really interested, always interested in hearing about other people's passions and other well, people's ideas, and I think that's maybe one of the things that I mean about. You know, when I when I go out, I'm much more interested in listening to other people and what they've got to say than I think I am about telling them what I'm doing and what I'm interested in, because I already know that I want to know something I don't know. So, yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts on the Austro-Prussian War.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, I, I, all right. What I'll do is wrap this one up now, but I, I'm going to do an experiment and I will go out and travel on the MRT and I will just corner somebody, a random stranger, and just sort of tell them all about the Austro-Prussian War and uh, and I'll see how it goes.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> wait for the uh, news report of the police yeah, report. Exactly.
1: <laughs> okay, So... Um, all right, well, that's that then. And we move on to topic number two, Asmil, putting subtitles onto music videos.
0: Yeah, it's uh, as I, as I mentioned to you that I find subtitles are very interesting, and especially with maybe the last 20-odd years where, you know, because I, I teach media and film, and you know, um, in the past when you had VHS the, the, the tapes and the zoom subtitles, I think we have better listening skills. You, you listen to understand. But when I think everything went digital, you know, you had the choice of subtitles. And nowadays, you know, like in my some of my film classes, if I don't put on a subtitle, students will ask to turn it on, even though let's say the films in English, you know. Um. So I find this as a very this this cultural trend very interesting because then it's ripe to really be be manipulated, you know. Have a subtitle tell a different story to what is what the dialogue is in a film probably and, and I, that's interesting but in music videos i've been in my projects where i've been doing my music videos i've included i call it subtitles i don't call it, you know nowadays i don't know if you're aware of this, like, like there's a there's two forms of video format for music there's the music video format that we all are familiar with but there's also what i call lyric videos right where the videos are just the lyrics and it's just words going around okay so, so that helps for people to want to sing along. But I always felt like why not have used the format of the subtitle in a music video in a different language. So a lot of my songs, recent songs in Malay, but I want, I want non-Malaysians to understand the song, uh, understand the context. So I have subtitles in English, for example, of the lyrics. So does that count as a lyric video? That's not a lyric video. It's a subtitle, right? Because it's a translation of the lyrics. So... Subtitles are interesting because they, they, I think Matt also in our conversation before this mentioned about how sometimes subtitles can, can, be, can be inaccurate. And maybe for the longest time, if you've been following subtitles, you think that must be true. That must be what the story is about.
1: Yeah. Well, Matt, you, you know uh, music culture better than I do. <laughs> uh, I, but, but hang on, before I don't understand one thing, uh, Asmil, you said yeah. that, that your students want to have the subtitles on. Yeah.
0: Why? I don't know. I mean I should ask that question, but yeah. they just they just feel uncomfortable. I don't know. Why? It's okay. it's a thing, right? I mean YouTube now you can turn on the you know, it's meant for what do you call the subtitles or hard of hard of hearing, but you know, those things appear, right? You have a choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not doing okay. that. All right, Matt. Um
1: No,
2: I'll be I'll, I'll be honest. I mean I usually have the subtitles on when uh, when I'm watching even YouTube as well very often i'll have the the subtitles on cuz sometimes your attention gets pulled in different directions you miss bits of dialogue and often the subtitles are up there on the screen for a little bit longer so you can catch bits if your attention's being pulled in uh, in different uh, different directions but there was actually um a case recently and i've forgotten what film it was um but it was uh, it was a Hollywood movie, and the subtitles for China were completely different to the dialogue because they didn't like the the censors didn't like the story that was going on on screen, so they changed the story through the subtitles. Yeah, but I can't I, I, remember which movie it was, unfortunately.
1: But it was very it was actually pertaining to China, was it? It was like, uh, no,
2: no, no. I mean, it was just like a Hollywood movie, and it was it had whether nothing it to was, do with China. No, no, no. I mean, this was this was you know whether it was um, gay relationships or or oh, whatever. Right. It was just something that that the censors didn't like, so they yeah. changed it. Yeah, you know, most people most people don't understand English, so as really? long as the <clears throat> characters on the screen and there's some kind of continuity in the storyline, as far as they're concerned, that's fine. All
1: right? Yeah. Uh, Asmil, a uh, music video with
0: subtitles in that language <laughs> that's just a karaoke video
1: isn't
0: it yeah yeah, yeah i suppose so. <laughs> but but that's the thing what i'm saying is that how about if, if it's you know i guess it counts as a subtitle when it's actually a translation of, of of the lyric thread um so where do you i think that that i find it interesting all this time hasn't been so you know this is my thing, where I like to, okay, why, why not? And I started doing that, and I think those who don't speak the language appreciate it. That okay, now I can understand the song. Now I don't have to explain it to you.
1: Can I ask oh. you that, Asmil? In your live performances, your audience are they mostly because you live in a very studenty area, Bangi, very studenty? No, I and don't.
0: here yeah. I don't perform it
1: Oh no, you turn your back no, on there's Bungy. Not,
0: there's nothing in Bangi, man. No. I mean, Bangi listeners, uh, you guys are listening. Uh, you leave a comment or whatever. But there's not, there's no real place in Bangi to play.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: so you go into KL then, presumably. KL, yeah, of course, yeah. outside of.
1: But your audience, you may sing in BM, but you actually have mostly kind of an English-speaking audience.
0: Not really. When I when I tour when I play, I mean, you know, Malaysia is interesting. I mean, like, people might not speak it well, or but but they understand, you know. But when I go to when I tour play play outside of KL. I can still generally, you know, sing in English, no problem, because a lot of bands sing in English anyway. Um, but it's also, I think, the, the what do you call this? Um, if you want to reach a further audience, and this is the power of, I think, with, with, with social media and internet, like, why do I want to just, you know, look at myself, this uh, local, yeah, the local live scene is fine, but how can I let my work be understood, I think, by, by others outside of the this fear of language so yeah i think is this that- ground are you
1: breaking new ground here uh i can't think that i've seen uh you <laughs> know lana del rey video but <laughs> but the words translated into latvian
0: i i can't think i've seen yeah. anything like that but uh maybe i don't know yeah maybe scholars new scholars listening film scholars out there well, that's I'll you Asmel, if you can <laughs> answer that question <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you but that is know, what I don't want to call it head right now I know so, right, so right. yeah so, but yeah it's fascinating yeah I, no I
2: I do think it's a really cool idea actually I I would love to see subtitles on videos in languages that that I don't necessarily understand uh, I think that would be really interesting I think one of the the sort of indirect corollaries is sort of recently i've been listening to uh, a lot of uh, sort of early 80s uh, euro pop Ooh,
1: um ele- electro pop so so um no hip.
2: but it's you know a lot of it's like swiss bands and, and german yeah. bands and italian bands and whatever and the number of them who are actually singing in english yeah. even though the uk market and the us market generally didn't pick up european bands but they were still choosing that kind of lingua franca and i can only assume that it was to appeal to a pan-european audience you know german bands so they wanted to appeal outside germany so they sang in english even though they wouldn't get picked up by english-speaking markets
1: yeah well yes sir i can boogie uh (laughs) comes to mind you know abba abba with that and and because as a beatles fan i i now can recollect i've watched quite a few of their songs but with spanish subtitles ah Uh, they they have a very big uh spanish-speaking fan base and um the the words themselves especially in the earlier ones quite Easy to understand, yeah, and and you hear so many stories of people. I know, I you know, I learned how to speak English because of the Beatles through the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, it could well be also a gateway to, to you know, different comprehension. So you, uh, Asma, you're going to carry on doing this. You're going to, you're determined to spread the word. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, uh, well for my own. Yeah. Are you, you're on you've put it on youtube or something you've done this oh all, all my yeah all my music videos from the my recent album ha- all, all has subtitles so so this means it's, it's embedded in the video it's not like on the youtube where you can have this feature where you click it on mm-hmm. you know yeah. youtube features great because my all well, my 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 former serbian colleague introduced me to all these belarusian post-punk mm-hmm. bands and they're singing Belarusian, well, I don't know what it is. It's fascinating, but you could click it on, man. You know, then I understand the lyrics. So some of it, they will actually have it embedded. So, you know, mm. I think it's, it's a very, very good thing. I think aside from just like, oh, I feel the music. I want to understand what you're singing, too, you know? So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, uh, if we want to check <laughs> out the videos, we just type in you Yunor, Road Warrior. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Just Asmul Yunor, man. Yeah. Asmul Yunor, man. Okay. Subscribe. okay
1: uh well all right we must move on but when we come back in a moment uh we're going to talk about the old and the new what have you given up and what have you (laughs) retained here on a bit of culture bfm 89.9 and we're back with me cam osmil and matt and now matt Armitage. uh software versus hardware
2: well yeah we we're seeing sort of increasingly all of these kind of digital equivalents or or digital alternatives to things that we used to have in the physical world. So some of us are embracing these digital versions. Some of us are sticking with the physical ones, the hardware versions. And some people are sort of following this uh, this kind of combination of the two. And I was just interested in sort of getting to the idea of what are the... What are the kind of physical things that mean a lot to individual people? What are the things they won't give up for a digital equivalent? So, you know, I I love vinyl and CDs. I love tapes. I've got around 5,000 CDs uh, at home, but I don't actually play any of them anymore. And I haven't played any of them since the pandemic started because it changed the way that I worked and I traveled. I used to spend two hours a day driving and I would listen to CDs in the car. So that's three to four albums that I would play every day in the car at home. When I'm, you know, just sitting at my desk, it's much easier to stream music. I have a much bigger choice it lets me be really schizophrenic in the way that i listen to things you know i can listen to um to kind of post-punk i can listen to hip-hop you know just mash everything together or i can do a really sort of deep dive into an artist's back catalogue and also it's a lot better for me in terms of discovering new music and it's the same when i think about tv I can't imagine going back to that idea of watching scheduled programming oh. when I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I can watch anything I want anytime, I want to. Uh-huh. So, you know, we have we have all of these things. I mean, I just bought, for example, and and Asmil will probably shudder at this. I just bought a, a digital pedal board um, for my guitar stuff, and it's been. A complete revelation because at home I only had this tiny little practice amp. So I had no real idea of how much difference different amps and cabinets make to a guitar sound. So that's what I've been doing with this thing. I've just been playing with all these different sort of simulations. But at the same time, I could use software to do all of the things that I do with a guitar, but the guitar thing is holding it. It's pressing the strings. I mean, I'm a terrible guitarist, but it's, you know, it, it's still that physical, tactile thing. So I wanted to ask both of you, what are the, the, the things that maybe you've embraced digitally that you didn't think you would? But what are the things that, you know, you, you're never going to give up the physical version for some kind of software analogue?
1: Well, th- thank you. Though. That was a presentation by a Chat GPT uh, version of Matt Armitage. <laughs> yeah, and... not not far,
2: not far off. Yeah, far
1: off. I don't know. I'm restraining myself from throwing things
0: at, at you,
1: but uh, Matt, Matt. Uh, Asma, what what about you?
0: Uh, aside from CDs, cassettes, and stuff, but I think books is one. Yeah. Um, I think beats flipping book. Uh, you know, y- you can throw a book in anger. You if you got a you got a Kindle, you're not gonna throw your Kindle. Uh, people still typically use that. But anyway, um, pads and pen, and paper. I think those are things I still yeah. enjoy. Um, again, these are very tactile things. Um, of course, instruments. Um, I always like acoustic guitars primarily because you could play even if there's a blackout. Um, because they play music at the end of the world, the apocalypse. But anyway, yeah, so it's these things. Um, for me, it's those. What about think, but
1: but are there things where you've gone you have gone digital,
0: you you yeah, have abandoned
1: um, the old ways and
0: and you question to the dark
1: side of Matt Armitage?
0: <laughs> <laughs> not not fully. I think because I just find devices like the ball and chain of our epoch. It's just, that's just just me. But I'm not a luddite. A luddite, yeah. whatever you call it. Now um, we're called luddites. Luddites, right? <laughs> yeah. Luddites. Okay. Proud. I don't, proud. I, <laughs> yeah, proud Luddites. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm a Luddite. I don't, this is day-in technology. It's just that, uh, let's say, what things? Huh? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe watching YouTube, does that count? You know, I used to love watching TV. Now I watch YouTube. Yeah, well,
1: I mean, what, what, what do we have a TV
0: option anymore?
1: Uh, I does I I don't know. I think I think RTM one and two just simply just doesn't count for anything. No. But uh, Matt, I um I I can think of one thing which is kind of strange. This actual show, a bit of culture, hmm. is <laughs> uh, we are now doing this remotely. Oz in, in, uh, in Bangi and Matt's in Putrajaya and I'm in KL, and um, that's because of the pandemic right. and before the show was recording Matt was saying should we go back to the studio and it's like I didn't even think of it we could do that why not um, so I, I think a lot of work practices have changed yeah. perhaps because of the pandemic I mean um, teaching for
0: example well, went online and now universities where I work you know they're saying like well students want face to face please come back but at least now there's another option if, if, for example, for some reason you can't make it, the class can still go on digitally. But it's not the same with playing live music. I mean, when the, you know, when, when we got this endemic stage, I think online concerts just went out the window. People wanted the, the tactile mm. experience going to the show. So nobody's doing much online stuff anymore.
1: Yeah, a lot of uh, performing artists that I know in, in many different genres have all but, said in KL, the demand for people to go to the show yeah, it's, been pretty crazy. it's pretty
0: crazy. It's pretty crazy. there's gigs everywhere now at the moment. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So take that, now, But <laughs>
2: well, no, I mean, but that, but that's that's kind of the whole point. It's it's what are we willing to to trade for? For example, you know, is it better to hang out with people online or or in person? Mm. Certainly, it's easier to do these shows online than it is for us to 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 go into the the studio to to do it um but at the the same time you know yes you want to go and experience a gig but how do you want to pay for that gig do you want to pay for it with cash yeah. or do you want to pay for it with a card so you know where are the where are the trade-offs it's like yes i want to go to a live gig but i want <laughs> to use apple pay to pay for it
0: yeah you know oh, that's or- a good point i think you brought it there because i sell my merch nowadays at gigs um Friend suggested to me use a qr code and i did and now now it's easy it's like i could just tell people like hey no cash no problem you can see buy my buy my merch you don't yeah. buy my merch give me a tip man qr codes right
1: there you know so yeah well i mean i i still prefer barter you know i go down and it's like you know i'll give you 12 <laughs> wow. eggs wow yes. <laughs> i gotta i gotta ask <laughs> show and i say i will enjoy your show and i'll give you 12 eggs for. I think you need a creative wig. Yeah, Cam, Cam's oh, known Yeah,
2: he he's known for having a, a carriage out of the back with uh, three
1: cows, two ducks and <laughs> that's more change you never know when you need yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Buy something. But um I would I would say that uh I oh uh, yeah, okay, so I I'm not as uh, honest about this as possible. <laughs> I I have a lot of vinyl. For the yep. last few months my turntable is kind of acting weird and I and I keep forgetting to get it fixed. So I have been listening to music digitally, unlike Matt Armitage. I don't I do not listen to it on shuffle, which is what you were basically saying. No,
2: is, no, 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 no. I'm not that saying is to what you it said on shuffle. No, I said deep dive. That doesn't mean shuffle. It means that I can go from track to track in different albums.
0: Right.
2: That's shuffle. That's anyway. not shuffle. That's selection. It just means I don't have to change the platter every time.
0: So you don't have to stop and pick it out and... Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, fast forward, yeah.
2: rewind
1: No, but it's <laughs> impossible to, to say otherwise We we are all moving with the times I, My mother, who is about to be 90, I mean she's not Because it's just incomprehensible The logic of yeah. the Touchscreen pad, the computer Just the the, the co- conceptualization Of how it works Is utterly beyond her She's just like pressing, pressing, saying, you know and shouting at it i want to see this now and it's like it won't react. <laughs> but um but even you matt will it'll eventually i would imagine slip past you you won't necessarily be able to conceptualize and then you will be um what a luddite but you'll be unable to keep up.
2: no i'll i'll have a brain computer interface by then so i'll just be completely <laughs> jacked into the cloud it will my consciousness and the cloud will be one.
1: Yeah, but, you know, thirty years time, kids will be like the cloud. What did he go and do that for?
2: I know, I'll be, I'll, I'll be one of those uh, Futurama heads in jars.
0: Yeah,
1: and it'll be the you, and you'll be the equivalent of the guy who's walking around with a bag full of VHS tapes. Uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, asking well, people if they want to buy one of my pens.
1: Yeah. No, I, I'm, I mean, I am holding a pen now. Pen, paper, books. Uh, I understand, Matt, of course, you, you can't read books because you have a issue yeah. with your eyes. So that, but, okay.
2: But even, even with the pen and paper thing, there's a big debate going on with schools at the moment as to whether it's worth spending years teaching kids to write with pen and paper yeah. when they're just going to be using a keyboard.
1: I
0: mean, but as, that's... <laughs> I was joking about it that, people, like my colleagues were talking about, you know, like chat GPT, how, you know, essays. I said, this might be the return of pen and paper to test a student's knowledge because no way you can cheat around that, you know? Yeah, true. Start, true.
1: Yeah. I mean, I must say that when <laughs> I, on the occasions I've been to archives and stuff, um, I always go in with a pencil because supposed to go with a pencil yeah. at an archive yeah. and write it down. And then I suddenly realized, well, wait a second, I could just photograph this page. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, or even if I type it into the thing. But but if if it's if it's written in such a way, you can automatically have it transcribed
0: in the <laughs> computer. And it's like, well, I could do that. <laughs> hey, you know, right? Students now not take photos of lecture slides. They don't write, write things down anymore. Yeah. So... <laughs>
1: Sure. Lazy, lazy buggers. So um okay, well I don't know if I mean I guess we the three of us are degrees of it, but at the same time we're all we're all suddenly, you know, it makes so much sense and it's easier, so we'll do it. Yeah. But don't 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 get a brain cloud interface, Matt. You know, <laughs> we love you just the way you are. <laughs> so it would,
2: it would still be me. It would just be, be me everywhere.
1: Yeah. Okay, <laughs> when you put it like that. All right, so we move on now to uh, vinyl box show recommendations. We recommend something that we think might be of interest, and I will go first. So I was talking earlier about the Beatles and podcasts, and if you are a fan of the Beatles, I think perhaps you need to be a fan, or you could just listen to them anyway. I I don't think I don't know if it would work, but there are some. Uh, there is one podcast I'd like to to recommend, and um, it's called "I Am the Egg Pod." <laughs> uh, but wow. introduced by, um, I think his name is Chris Ward. I can't quite remember, and uh, he's British. So the these there are a great many podcasts, and the, all the ones I've come across are either done by British people or mostly by American people. Brilliant. I haven't even seen any Spanish language or French. Not that I would understand, but I, I haven't seen. So uh, I am the Egg Pod, and he's very knowledgeable. He gets great guests, all British. And they talk about they take deep dives into albums and songs, etc. And it's really, really fascinating for me. The American ones are different. In a way, the British and American different countries, different cultures, kind of talking at cross-purposes when they talk about the Beatles. They may all love the Beatles, but actually it's it's really quite different. Really uh, in, in in subtle but important ways. So that's my recommendation. I am the egg pod.
0: Which, if you're a Beatles fan, will make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Azmil, what's your recommendation? Uh, My recommendation is something really analog. Oh,
1: cool. Uh, It's
0: a book. There's no subtitles. Of course, the book's in in Malay, actually, Malay language. There's this book called... uh, I translate the title. It's called 65 Years of Rock Music in Malaysia. Um, From Proto-Rock to Glam Rock, 1955 to 1986. It's by... He's actually a political scientist. His name's uh Takiyudin. Um Taki Udin, Muhammad Taki Udin. So uh, he's just he's a political science uh academic in University of Bangsa, uh, in Bangi here, National University. So so the book is fascinating. Um I've heard about him, but well, while we can't know each other on social media, but um I met him that I bought two copies of the book. It's just beautiful, it's just like this thick book. Um but it's not hardcover, but it just charts history of, of, of rock Malaysia and his, when I was talking to him specifically he was very intrigued about the 70s the 70s was this black hole in music history in Malaysia like there's not much account of writing so I think he put his academic kind of training skill into that the book isn't academic it's really for popular reading hmm. um, but it's a fascinating book yeah there's like uh, he has a poster in it showing like some of like the people involved and I think it's important addition to so I think not just music history but I think Malaysian history because it yeah, really yeah. looks at the junctures in in you know um contemporary Malaysia and because you know rock is often kind of like demonized here um so yeah it's fascinating. find find out this book um look for Takyudin I think his Facebook you can look for him and buy directly from the man himself do do you Lee? know what the
1: what the the press is what the uh
0: publishes? University of Malaya press right okay yeah so, it's got pictures it's got pictures it's got pictures man it's like all this all these uh, venues and spaces of so, places gone you know you know mm. all the all the rockers yeah. mm. the the glory days
1: because this kind of uh thing is such a great opportunity for social history
0: as yes. Well. yes 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 yeah. i think social history is very important i think we you know i i i have a thing i love that because when you when you look at the history of music or film it's not just the history of music film, no? like you said, it's a social history. Mm-hmm. I think that perspective about history is often really overlooked. It. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and finally, uh, Asmil, are you mentioned in the book?
0: No, 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 no. I uh-huh. mean, uh, this is before I was acting where uh, right. entered 86. Oh, wait, uh, say- oh right. Okay. Yeah. Six. So, but it, it's, it's it's probably bands and stuff that I kind of grew up knowing um, and discovering Ooh. more. I haven't done deep into the book yet, but yeah, All definitely. Right. Cool. I'll look out for it. Oh, is, is it a new release, by the way? New release. Yeah, I think it oh, just right. late last year.
1: All right. Okay, cool. Sounds yeah. really good. Cool. Uh, and Matt Armitage, what do you have? Well, um, to shock us with.
2: I really can't follow <laughs> Um, I was a little bit unwell last week and uh, I spent a lot of time um, binge watching um, a really trashy. Um, BBC show it, so I think it's on Netflix. It's called The Last Kingdom, and it's kind of about Vikings in the uh, um, in England in the sort of eighth eighth and ninth century. Um, as I said, totally trashy. It's kind of a really low budget Game of Thrones. The uh, Scandinavian or the, the the Danish accents are so so ropey and dodgy but there's just something compelling about it i think it's adapted by, uh, from the novels of um i think a guy called bernard cornwell oh, and i'm assuming cornwell i mean he did yeah
1: sharp and stuff he'd done a lot
2: i, I think that that kind of stuff yeah but mm. there, there's there's a very much an element of sharp about it which is quite strange because even though it's a recent show it feels very dated especially in the way that it it treats the female characters because the female characters are all disposable you know uh, the main character is a guy called utred and he'll be married and he'll have kids and his wife and his children will die in the episode and by the next episode <laughs> he's completely recovered and he's got new ones and, wow. you know <laughs> wow. so so it, it it feels very kind of out of place um but it's really just battles it's battle after battle after after battle so there is something oh compelling about it, even though it is completely trashy and rubbish. And I managed to watch about 45 hours of it in the space of not more than a week. So um yeah,
1: that that's my recommendation, The Last Kingdom. We don't often have people come on and and deliberately recommend something that they think is bad. No, I don't I don't think it's (laughs) I didn't really sell no (laughs) it's not it's not great, but at the end of every episode,
2: I wanted to watch the next one.
1: The episode's are one hour?
2: Yeah, each episode's an hour long. And at the end of it, I would just click on the next one. And I don't get that very often, that fact that I'm like, okay, I really need to click the next episode to see what's going to happen. Because it's just nonsense. But there's something about the nonsense that keeps you clicking.
1: I have to agree with you in a way, because the Sharp, sharp, uh, by the way, the Sharp was uh, set in the Peninsular War, Napoleonic Wars. And it starred, oh, what's his name? um uh sean sean bean bean yeah nobody goes to and just simply takes a sword or whatever it was but um and they were terrible they were very compelling yeah Uh, i I watched all of those last year again yeah and and i was watching those thinking why am i watching these must stop now they're so bad (laughs) you couldn't stop Uh, so okay last kingdom last kingdom uh which is is that a BBC thing? It's a BBC thing,
2: um, but I think you can find it on Netflix. I found it on Netflix USA because I had right. my VPN on and didn't realise.
1: Right, and it, it's, it's got Vikings, so it's probably got lots of Vikings going,
2: oh, good,
1: oh, that's just a sort of shit <laughs> oh,
2: oh. oh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just, just like I said, it's, it's just trash it's you know you you watch people kill 700 people in one battle and you just think well you couldn't even hold your sword up for probably more than 20 minutes at a time but you know yeah. you've just you've just run across country and there's 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 a lot of suspension of disbelief because people seem to be able to walk the entire breadth of the united kingdom in about 3 hours so you can have a battle in Aylesbury, and everyone's in Scotland in about half an hour's time. And you're thinking, well, you know, England was mm. a lot smaller in the eighth century. <laughs> it was like people the- ran past there. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> that was like in the, the Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie. They landed at the White Cliffs of Dover. Yes. And then the next scene, they're at Hadrian's Wall. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like they're in Scotland. It's like, well, that was a refreshing stroll. <laughs> so. Uh, Anyway, well, thank you very much for that, Matt, and um, thank you also then to you Yunor.
0: Got any gigs oh, coming
1: up, Asmil, that we should know about?
0: 20th April, Bricaria, end of next month. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And
1: uh, he will accept eggs as payment.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or <laughs> QR code. QR <laughs> uh, I-, I welcome. We welcome butter any day
1: yeah and uh matt armitage who will be a giant floating brain by
2: yeah i mean you don't need to look for me i'll be in your phone fairly soon
1: (laughs) and myself cam ruslan and uh thank you very much and uh, join us next time for another exciting episode a bit of culture here on bfm 89.9
0: you have been listening to a podcast from bfm 89.9 the business station for more stories of the same kind download the bfm app